Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Happy Thursday, well, excuse me, Friday Eve, as I like to refer to it. But um, we won't try to rush things. Thank you for taking the time out today. So we want to first uh, thank uh, Dr. Taiwan Tillman, cardiologist, for being on with us yesterday. And actually, we pre-recorded yesterday because um, I went to an event that I like to go to, and I haven't done one since before COVID, called BizFest. Uh, BizFest is hosted by an organization named SCORE, uh, which is mostly com- comprised of uh, retired entrepreneurs, and they hold workshops and, and seminars and webinars and all that type of stuff. And they hold this BizFest. Uh, to kind of do, I, I guess one, uh, you could say a, a day-long boot camp where they have speakers come in and, and they talk about things like funding and marketing and, and other business-related things. So um, I like going to those. I've met some interesting people. And one of the people I met yesterday was a lady by the name of Joanna Tress. She actually, I think, was sitting behind me the first part of the, the day, and we really didn't get a chance to talk because they really packed it in yesterday. But uh, she introduced herself to me as I was leaving, and we started chatting. And so I asked her to join me today for the first part of the show. So, Ms. Tress, good morning. How are you? Hello, I'm well and so excited to be here. This is my first time on a podcast on Blog Talk Radio, so it's a delight. Oh. Well, thank you for taking the time out. Really appreciate it. So, so let me let's first uh, let me ask you: Have you been to BizFest before? No, this was my first time. I did use mm-hmm. a score mentor when I first started my business in 2021. And, mm-hmm. uh, and really benefited from that advice. They're heavy on, you know, business plans and competitive analysis and things of that nature. And uh, m- the most important takeaway for me was that um, even though I deal with uh, the performing arts uh, with my business, that a for-profit is just fine. There are lots of nonprofits, but there's nothing wrong with keeping it simple and having a for-profit organization. That can also thrive. So that was what I... <clears throat> excuse me, the insight that I got from my mentor from SCORE a couple of years ago. It just helped me be on the right path with what type of uh, business I was going to have. So tell me a little bit about your business, and tell me what were you looking for specifically to get out of yesterday when you walked in, and what did you get coming out? 
Okay, yeah, that's a great question. Um, with my, my business is actually, uh, there are three aspects of it. Uh, one of them is that I am a singer, songwriter, actress, and playwright, and have an original uh, musical that debuted uh, in Orlando earlier this year, and that I'm going to be expanding in Orlando and also in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina next year. That's the creative part, and there's, there is a lot of work that needs to be done in order to earn money from ticket sales and so on. Um, also, I am a creativity coach, and I help people get their creative projects off the ground. Um, so whether it's visual arts, writing books, um, or the, the performing arts, I can help. Uh, the mindset is, and the, the accountability is needed no matter what the creative media is. Um, and then um, I have a streaming channel on, on Roku that is going live on October 1st. So I have locally curated content, Orlando, Florida, um, and it's news, particularly nonprofit news, arts, and culture. And then, of course, I'm looking for entrepreneurs who would like affordable advertising as well. So when I went to SCORES uh, BizFest, I just wanted to see, well, who's going to show up? Because it's attracting people like me, new entrepreneurs who like to be resourceful and like to connect. And I just wanted to see what kind of like-minded people would I meet. Would I meet maybe some prospects um, to be a part of a networking group that I co-host? Would I meet someone who might like to, um, you know, just be accountability buddies? You know, the buddy system works to help us meet our goals together. Or would I meet someone who might like to advertise? I was just open and I didn't have judgment. I was ready to learn, and I was just ready to just see what opportunities present themselves, like meeting you in your fabulous yellow dress with flowers and your presence. You know, you were interesting to me. And so, voila, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of... um texted my husband a picture of the dress he's like what's with the yellow <laughs> but but part of my reason uh was because i have a, a, another business that i'm getting ready to start soon um and uh so and yellow is is kind of the color um in that and so but also too i look around i, I look around i looked around the room actually yesterday and i looked around I look around, like, when I go to church and other things, I'm like, people are afraid of color. You talk about, you know, creativeness and stuff like that. I think yes. people need to get a little more creative with their wardrobe sometimes. I don't think they should be afraid of, of color so much. I don't, I'm not saying everybody needs to wear yellow, but, you know. There's energy. There's positive and attractive energy. And yellow is actually part of my branding as well uh, because I specialize mm -hmm. in, in helping or people of a certain age, the grown-ups that have had their mm -hmm. career and family, and in that second chapter of life, they want to live it up because life is short, and they right. want to say yes to their dreams. So the yellow uh, is energy, it's hope, it's warmth, like a renaissance thing. And that's mm -hmm. why, so to me, you brought the energy into the room um, by being that spot of sunshine, of color, and, of course, you know, you participated by getting the mic and, and asking questions. And so, like, you were visible. When we show up, we want to show up and shine. We want to stand out from a crowd. And, and that's how you presented yourself. 
Well, thank you for that. <laughs> you know, I think it, it's, it is important sometimes to just, you know, kind of stir it up just a little bit uh, because I think we get into ruts sometimes. I think sometimes we need to be challenged a little bit. And so even if it's doing it to yourself, like a rainy day, I, I don't want to dress in gray on a rainy day just because it's cloudy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do the same thing. I started yeah. that in high school, wearing bright colors on a rainy day. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so every now and then, you know, I mean, I, I can't say I do that all the time, but, you know, I, I try to just uh, challenge myself or just challenge the norm a little bit just to kind of stir things up because I think people kind of get in the ruts sometimes and just need to kind of have a – you know, have that uh, different perspective or, or wake up a little bit. So, and that's one of the reasons why I, I do the show. So, <laughs> so now, now, did you walk? Did you get what you came for yesterday at BizFest? Um, I will say, I'll say yes and no, okay. because I was I was open to whatever opportunities presented themselves. Now, my, um, my, one of my mentors with our networking group called Amplify Networking, um, which is where we have uh, individuals uh, who are exclusive in their particular category. There's one accountant. There's one lawyer. You know, there's one IT professional, for example. And, um, and then we come together every week so that we can sh- get to know each other and to share referrals with one another. And we always want to invite people to join us. So, of course, he's coaching me and saying, you know, Joanna, when you go there, you've got to have purpose. You need to do your research in advance and see who's going to be there and find out their contact information, who they are. And, and you know, you, you know, if there's a room of 100 people, you know that you really only focus on, on 10 of them or five of them that are going to help you advance with your business, et cetera. So be strategic. Don't waste your time. You know, we paid $20 to be there. We were there all day. And some people would have thought that was a waste of time if I didn't meet strategic referral partners. So if, if we look at it that way, you know, the jury's still out. I met a few people. Let's see what happens as our relationship grows. But on the other hand, I was open to nurturing and feeding myself as an entrepreneur. Uh, so I wasn't necessarily ready to, to be super strategic because we don't, you know, we're taught in our American education system, you know, to get basic academics, go to college and work for somebody else, building someone else's dream. We're not really taught how to, to, uh, t- to tough out the highs and the lows of owning your own business and carving out your own path, being your own boss, and the responsibilities that come with that and, and the discipline. And, and so I, um, from that standpoint, I was delighted to, to hear about marketing uh, from Bo Harvey. I was delighted to learn about, um, uh, you know, it, just in the end, you know, rules for the road, you know, from a veteran serial entrepreneur. So I was I came for what I got what I came for because I was built up and I was encouraged and had that entrepreneurial mindset. And I left saying, 
I can do this. And I think that's what we need sometimes. We need knowledge, information, resources, ideas. So I was making notes all along the way to benefit other people in my life from what I learned. So I hope that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, yes, no, no, that's fine. I mean, because it's your, it's your experience, and that's why I wanted you to come on, because I did want to kind of, you know, get into sharing, you know, what the experiences are, because your takeaway and my takeaway may be the same or maybe two different things or it may be a little of, you know, all, all of it. So um, I will say this, you know, I mean, I always get a little bit of something uh, – uh, Cheryl Mays, uh, I think, was really, really good. I, I because I'm a stickler about customer service myself. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm like, yeah, go. You know, I was like a cheerleader almost. You know, in, in, inside, I was trying to trying to restrain myself. But <laughs> the 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 disappointment, I guess, for me. And I guess you could just say the reality check for me was when yeah. you talk about funding for small businesses because yeah. that is just such a challenge. And unfortunately, um, it, it did not, let's say, answer the question or give me the answer that I wanted in terms of small business. But then it just said, okay, so as a small business or, you know, especially if you're a startup, you know, um, if, so as a small business or especially if you're a startup business, the funding component is going to be challenging from before day one. Okay. Um, you almost have to have money to get money as a small business, Yes. you know, and I was looking for, for example, the, the business I'm getting restart, I was looking for a loan, a small business loan. And I went to the credit union I've been dealing with since um, the mid-90s and said, hey, you know, uh, you know, I'd like to have an account here, but, you know, I really could use a small business loan. And, you know, it's like, well, you have to be in business for two years and have – tax statements and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, okay, I'm a startup business. How do I get startup money? You know, how does that happen? And bottom line is basically you've got to kind of put that stuff together yourself and you've got to come to the table with something uh, and, and have some patience and have that proven, I guess, track record for a little bit before you can even – think about having someone look, you know, take your business seriously and look at um, throwing cash your way or f- any type of funds your way. So, uh, yes, I mean, I, I know there's I some options. I definitely pick that up too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to, to discuss it today because I'm like, I don't think it, the, the time was worthless at all. I think there was a lot to learn. But, I mean, bottom line, everybody, you know, if you are going into business, if you're a small business, you've got to – um, like they, you know, pull pull yourself up. You know, you gotta you gotta um, maybe work work a little extra harder for a, a little extra longer. Uh, and, and you know, it, it, especially if you trying to get away from the working paycheck paycheck to paycheck job, you're actually probably gonna have to do that paycheck to paycheck job and squeeze some extra out. Um, 
to, to put away so that you can start your business, or you're going to have to do a really good pitch job to some uh, private companies or private uh, benefactors or do, uh, the I guess, I don't know how that crowdfunding thing works, in, but in you're going to have to, yes, yes. So you're going to have to do a lot of that. You're going to have to really believe in yourself and your product and, and pitch the dickens out of it in order to get the funding that you need uh, or, or, you know, have people that really, really love you enough to part with their their money because yes. getting it, yeah. Yeah, so I, I I agree. Could I could I share something that I learned from Mark Cuban? You know, from Shark Tank. Sure. Yeah, and, and this is just I just happened to see it. I don't know what kind of Instagram reel or whatever, but he he, he brought up an interesting point though. Do you really want to start off in debt? Do right. you want to start your business in debt, or mm-hmm. do you want to be creative? with funding, start with the shoestring budget, get some clients to have that proof of concept. And yes, there's a journey and there's a learning curve in, in getting the, in getting those funds in that first two years to qualify for anything. And I, I really appreciated that because what I do to make money to support my business with little things here and there is I drive Uber that's mm-hmm. what I'm willing to do. If you hear a baby in the background, it's my 11-month-old granddaughter on my lap. I I take mm-hmm. care of her four days a week, right? I'm a nanopreneur. My <laughs> um, my son and daughter-in-law they they pay me a little something to watch her, which is half half of what they um, would be paying at a, a commercial daycare, if not less than half. And um, mm-hmm. the uh, I am married, and and so my husband works full time. Um, and um, and then I, but if I need a little something from this, I I drive Uber, and, mm-hmm. and I just basically go like a hundred dollars at a time. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I want to be a sponsor and be on the stage at this speaking event. Okay, so then I'm going to just drive and get that little piece there. And it's like, okay, I've got to pay for my Microsoft. I got to pay for my Zoom plan. And all those little things, okay, so then I'm going to drive a little here and there. So that's how I'm doing it, a shoestring budget. And then my business is, you know, the advertising revenue. I don't mm-hmm. have lots of overhead or upfront costs. Right. So, so sometimes we might need to diversify and have an aspect of our business that makes quick money first mm-hmm. yes. so that we can build and it's going to be tight, but that two years where we're a starving artist or whatever it takes, you know, that tight budget, Yeah. That's, that shows we're going to make the grade because when we survive that and we're in a position to be approved by some type of, of small business loan, you know, that's a, that's a huge milestone and, and yeah. a goal, and we're going to become a very effective entrepreneur in that two-year journey to qualify to, for that startup loan because you're still considered a startup, you know, for two years with the Small Business Association and three years by others. So anyway, that's just my, you know, maybe find something that can bring the cash flow in. Uh, we've got to be creative and think outside the box, do something that brings the cash flow in, sell things on eBay. That's another thing I'm doing. My husband mm-hmm. has been collecting things over the years, like saving them for a rainy day. Well, guess what? The rainy day is now. 
let's liquidate <laughs> this merchandise, turn it into cash so that we can have our own business. So, I mean, that's, that's me just sharing that between me and you and, you know. And the listeners. We won't start off in debt. <laughs> you know, we'll be able to handle the debt of a loan after we've been in business for two years and proven stuff to ourselves and, and made that income or revenue. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. How does that sound to you? No, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I think we don't think about being creative in business because it's business. And I think we tend to separate uh, being, you know, create, being creative from managing business. But then, you know, you have to kind of go there and, and kind of challenge yourself and, and say, okay, I, you know, maybe we're taught that the norm is one thing, but maybe the norm doesn't necessarily work for my situation. So what, yeah. what next, you know, and we have to remember not to become, you know, stagnant, you know, and, and not to be uh, pigeonholed and typecast in, ter- in terms of, you know, what's going for what's expected. Sometimes you have to do something that's a little unexpected in order to, you know, have, make things work. Yeah. So we're going to take a Do we have any other choice? (laughs) In a lot of cases, no. (laughs) I mean, I'm just tired. I was tired of working. I'm 51 years old now. And Mm -hmm. I, I sort of moved around a lot, raising my family and, and things over the years. I didn't stay at a job longer than four years um, Mm -hmm. and didn't work up, you know, the ladder. I wasn't making lots of good moves in my career Mm -hmm. for my income. Mm -hmm. And I realized I'm at the age where I am, and I've only been a few, I've been a trainer before, but I've never really been in management. And so, and and my income reflects that, you know, if if I didn't have a college degree and have a profession. So, Mm -hmm. so the point is, it's like, well, you know, I can do bad by myself. I may as well make my own money, my own, have my own business. And in a few years, I'll make more money than I've ever made in my life. With my own business. Yeah. And so that's why right. I'm just going to take the leap. Let's just do it. Right. Uh, like I was talking to d- during the, doing the speed counseling yesterday real quick. I, I, I checked out of one of the, the workshops to go do it. I, I wish that they would have allotted, I guess, a little bit more time for some of that because I, I, I don't – I think if we want, if I want to be somewhat critical about, I know why they did. Well, I'll just say in my mind, I think I know why they scheduled it the way they scheduled it. However, I think having to pick and choose between a, a workshop, let's say on funding, or, or what, if that's the one you end up choosing to miss, and, and having to get counseling. Um, wish they would have allotted time for people to do it, uh, you know, take away from both of them, you know, but yeah, but yeah, but um, yeah, I, I just, I think that it, and like, you know, one of the things that they were saying that this was the first time they charged for this, um, but it was 20 bucks, but yeah, come on, it's, it's a 20 buck investment. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This, this is the thing. You have to you have to look at it. I mean, when you come out of school with this high school, college, you know, um, vocational school, whatever it is, um, your education in there 
you know, right? you still have to continually. I, I think people kind of miss miss that as like, you know, I, I guess I know everything I'm supposed to know once I, you know, come out of that and I'm tired of school and I don't want to have to. You have to continually um, try to make yourself educated and sometimes you have to make a $20 investment um, <laughs> to do it. You know, but twenty dollars for for a day that um, it could be a business write off when tax time comes. I, I don't think yeah. that's something that you you need to really uh, worry about. So this was the first time they they charged for it. And I was talking to one of the counselors about that, and he was like, you know, um, you know, in the past they've had it for free, and five hundred people <laughs> signed up to come, and Ooh. maybe they had fifty. You know, right. so and they did he, he feed was, us and give us a free book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they. Okay, I missed the book, but anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but at, yeah, at the end they did feed us. Thank you for rivers. Um, and uh, so I, I think it was it's a worthwhile. And like I said, you know, I re- rearranged my schedule to go. <laughs> Because yeah. I, I have gotten stuff from it in the past, and I think it was worthwhile. Sometimes, even if you've heard some of this before, sometimes you have to be reminded. You know. So. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm trying to mute myself. I'm sorry. So <laughs> That's I don't okay. Need to- that's quite all right. I'm not going to keep you on much longer. So I just want to know. So where, where, what, what changed for you in terms of steps going forward from yesterday? Well, um, one thing that I was thinking about using the Melrose Center at the Orange County Public Library to oh, help that's with a great video place. production for the ads yes. for my Roku channel. I was thinking yes. about it, but I hadn't taken action. So now that I showed up yesterday, they became top of mind because they had uh, a representative. And mm-hmm. he just told me, how, you know, how to do it. And he also let me know how, because I wanted to know, okay, let, let me talk to some engineers who went through the little free courses that you have that can yeah, help me with that. my show. I'm not trying to learn everything. <laughs> Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I want to pay somebody $50, and that'll be a nice little gig for them and do it for me, you know? Right. So he but said, the, well, guess what? Well, we have a meetup We don't have a bulletin board anymore, not since the pandemic, where people mm-hmm. could post their skills. But he said, there's a meetup group. So that alone is going to save me hundreds of dollars because yeah. they also have podcast space and talk show space, and I want to have a talk show. So I was mm-hmm. offered to have a talk show where we do things on, on Zoom, and the producer for the show is based in the Philippines, and there's a very affordable price point. But what if I can do it through the library, and it costs even less? Mm-hmm. So exactly. you showing up yesterday and just being open for whatever, that's going to help me save money with my business with the technology that you need. If I have a Roku channel and putting things on streaming TV, yes, I need to have um, some a video presence and affordable options. And so uh, that was, for me, that was the biggest gain of me being there yesterday, was to find out about um, that local affordable resource. Yeah, I, because I 
think we just really don't take advantage of our resources. And we're blessed here in Central Florida to have one of the, I think, one of the best library systems um, there is. I, I've gone through, like they were talking about some of those courses. I've been through just at my local branch uh, a lot of those courses like PowerPoint and Excel and QuickBooks and, and others. Yeah. Um, I, even, I even took a sewing class that they had downtown. You know, oh. they've got a variety of, of wonderful classes through the library. You know, just being a member, you know, the cost is either minimal or, or nothing. So, yep. And yeah. one, more, and one more thing, too, I am going to look for grants that are available. There might be grants for black women. Um, there might be grants because I am in the performing arts. Um, or helping small businesses with their advertising and stuff. You know, there are several different angles I can look at that I might qualify for. And they have right. the database for all the grants at no cost through the library. So, so for me, get, you know, the hookup at the library, that's the most benefit because I know that working through the tools that they have is going to, to save me hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And also, mm. if there's a grant that, you know, they reminded me that might be available, well, that's going to put that money in, in my pocket to help me with, uh, to continue with my business. Right. And I was very interested here, uh, the, the nonprofit component, especially from the um, Edith Bush Institute, because I, I have a nonprofit that I, I plan on starting soon. So um, that was just great to have that, that contact okay. and to get that information there too. So, Diana, thank you so much for, for taking the time today, and let's keep in touch, okay? Absolutely. Gee, this is terrific, and I wish you the best with your podcast continuing to grow and uh, with your new nonprofit, and it was so lovely meeting you. So thank you again for letting me be Senior. a guest today. Thank you for taking the time out and, and sharing with us. I want Because I think, like I said, it's important that people know what the resources are out there and how people benefit from them. So thanks for sharing your story with me today. Appreciate it. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little tailgating. Are you getting it right? Uh, we have a gentleman from Tailgate Magazine that's going to be on with us. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. 
Welcome back to Dee's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, Dee. Thanks so much for being with us today. And we want to, again, thank Joanna Tress from Matana.org for being with us to talk about BizFest yesterday that we both got a chance to meet at and participate in. So I um, hope you all are, you know, check out score.org. Uh, that's where we got the information from that, and they have a variety of uh, workshops and uh, webinars and just kind of networking situations going on there. So uh, a lot of the various chambers come together through the National Entrepreneurial Center, which uh, is located in the Fashion Square Mall. That's where this took place. Um, the African American Chamber of Commerce was there. It was there, the Hispanic Chamber, and some of the others. So um, good place for resources. So uh just wanted to let you all know. Now, you know, we've gotten into football season. The tailgating is on. Are you getting it right? Uh, we're going to talk with Craig Renfro from Tailgater Magazine. Good morning. Well, good afternoon. How are you doing? Well, it's still morning here in Dallas, G. Yes, I know. That's great. why I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know how to put that. So that's all right. <laughs> good day. How are you doing? Well, you know, there's worse things that could be happening, right? Um, right. Tailgating, football season, this is right in our wheelhouse. So uh, I, I, it's always, you know, I love baseball, and, and I'm a huge mm-hmm. Texas Ranger fan, but there's something mm-hmm. about football season that just takes it up a whole notch. And it's the fans, it's the atmosphere, it's the tailgate, it's the fun, get together with your friends and family and watching the game. And I tell people, too, you know, going to a game's expensive. And, yeah, if you can afford it and you want to bring your grill out in the parking lot and your cooler and your TV and have a good time, that's great. But most people, mm-hmm. actually, they have just as big a party at their home, and they grill out in the backyard, and they have friends and family over, and they watch the game on TV. And, you know, we call that home gating. So whether you tailgate or home gate, uh-huh. it's all about getting together with friends and family and watching the games and having a good time. All right. So, yeah, I, I probably do definitely do more home gating than anything else. So, now, I mean, so being the expert, that's why I'm, I'm bringing you on here. Are there, like, has, has it evolved? Are there new, new, I guess, tools to the tailgating trade that um, we, should be, we should know about or we should be using? Uh, how, what's, what do you recommend in terms of the ideal tailgating or home gating experience? Well, I'll put it this way, G. It certainly changed a lot from when I was going to college in the early 80s, okay? Back then, it was, uh, you know, maybe grab a, a sandwich and uh, whatever beverages you uh, choose to partake of and uh, sit out in the park lot and, and, and wait for the game to start, whereas now, full-fledged events um, and depending on how serious you are and how much time and money you want to put into it. I mean, you can literally take your backyard scenario. I'm talking about a grill, a cooler, a television, Bluetooth speakers, you name it, cornhole games, uh, ring toss, ladder toss, whatever. You can do a replication of, of a party from your backyard and do it right in the parking lot. And there are so many cool products that lend itself to that. There's, you know, portable grills, portable speakers, portable power. Used to, you know, generators, these inverter generators used to be all the rage. Now there's companies that are coming out with these lithium batteries. They're solid-state technology, and they lend themselves to, you know, you don't have the noise or the exhaust fumes of a generator, yet they're still able to supply the power. So, so yeah, a lot's changed over these last 20, 30 years for sure. 
gee whiz. <laughs> I didn't realize how behind I was on this stuff. So, yeah, and so and then of course there's certain foods that are are quite popular, but has have the menu changed at all? Has the menu changed at all? Well, you know, you, you've, you've always, you know, hot dogs and hamburgers have been around since they, you know, <laughs> since I guess yeah. the processed meat the plants have come around. So, you know, from that extent, it, it, it hasn't changed. But depending on where you go, and, and I'll use uh, LSU as a good example. The tailgating okay. scene at, at Baton Rouge for an LSU football game is just off the charts. And in fact, we, we, we just came out with our top, uh, our annual top 25 college tailgates issue, uh, our 16th in, in a row. And of course, you always have to put LSU in there because the scene is just so, so much fun. And you will have, you know, some of the regional foods there that you're not going to find really anywhere else. And I'm talking, you mm. know, gumbo, jambalaya, crawfish, ah. buffet, and just all those southern uh, Cajun uh, hospitality dishes that uh, that you won't find that, that they're cooking out there. Like, I'm talking like big big, huge pots that will feed a group of 30 or 40 people. And uh, wow. the atmosphere there is just really uh, – I, I went to Texas A&M, okay, so there's 100,000 people that are going to the games there. And, and they have a very, very good tailgate atmosphere, don't get me wrong. But the one at LSU, there's just something about it that uh, it just – every time I go there, it just you know, makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck and having such a good time. Now, now you've got to be careful because if you wear the opposing team's jersey, um, you know, they're real kind to you until the game starts. But then once the game starts, then, uh, you know, all bets are off. But, no, they're, they're a great group of people, very hospitable, and uh, I've had so much fun going to those events. Gosh, I, and I can just imagine, I, I'm a seafood lover, so I can just imagine the smell of that gumbo. You know, it makes me want to go just for the tailgate. But right, me, right. you did kind of, kind of allude to something else. I was going to ask you, so uh, do the rival teams tailgate together? Um, <laughs> so you're saying maybe pregame, but not during the game, maybe? Yeah, well, it's, uh, I, I've been to probably close to a thousand sporting events in my life. Now, that's between professional and, and, and college, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And football is, is certainly different than baseball. I mean, baseball will tailgate, uh, like on opening day is a big day for tailgating, and then maybe a handful of times, like, you know, specifically primarily on the weekend games. But, you know, baseball is just – they have, so many games, you know, they have 81 home games. You can't really tailgate for 81 home games. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. you spend you know too much time, effort, energy, and money on it. Um, football, yes, the fans will get together in the parking lot because it's because it's shared space, okay. And uh, mm-hmm. I've been to games like in New, in New York uh, to see the. Um, I used to plan trips. My wife would laugh at me. Said, "Oh, you got a business trip up to New York? Mm, same weekend the Cowboys are playing the Giants, right? Uh, <laughs> funny how that worked out." And I was like, "Well, you know, I got to go up." there so I might as well have fun while I'm there and I'll yep. be out in the parking lot you know wear my, my Dallas Cowboys jersey and you know there'll be some fans that'll you know deer at you or, or, or worse <laughs> but uh, for the most Ooh. part you know the, the fans are pretty pretty civil and uh, you know they'll welcome you in because you know they see you're oh, oh yeah I'm from Dallas and I said hey you know I'll, I'll pitch in some money because you know obviously I couldn't bring my, my, my grill or cooler or anything on the plane with me but uh, uh-huh. I'd love to hang out with yeah. you guys and so you always find somebody in the parking lot that they're whether whether they're wearing your jersey or the opposing jersey so now have you how long has have you had the magazine and then how were you how long were you doing this before the magazine and and do you really do you travel a lot 
Well, it's um, the magazine. This is our 17th year of, of publication. Um, my wife and mm-hmm. I started it back in uh, uh, the first issue came out in the fall of 2007, and uh, we were. I had been in publishing my entire career. I, I worked for well, at one point I worked for TV Guide magazine back when they still had 14 million subscribers in the early 90s. Uh, but I've always been in publishing since then. And long story short, the company I worked for was acquired. I was one of the executives, and you know when someone makes an acquisition, they're not going to keep the existing executives. They're going to put it, their new people in. And my wife, uh, she had worked for a, a telecom company for about 20 years, and long story short, they went bankrupt. So here we are. We both turned uh, both. It just turned like 40, and we're like, okay, well, <laughs> what are we going to do now? And we're like, okay, well, what do we like? And, you know, we like going to sports events. We like cooking stuff on the grill. We like having the occasional adult beverage. And you add all those together, and it's like, hmm, I wonder if there's anybody doing anything in the tailgating scene. And we searched around and looked, and there, there really wasn't. So we just came up with the idea, okay, let's let's start the magazine. Let's start the website. Let's get our social media pages going. And, you know, the first couple of years, we're wondering what the heck we got ourselves into because, uh, well, I thought I knew everything about the business. I, the cost to acquire a consumer subscriber was much more expensive than it was to be like a, a business-to-business subscriber, like a trade journal subscriber. So it took a little bit more money to get it launched and going than we thought. But, you know, 17 years later, we're like, okay, yeah, it's it's nice being our own boss, working from home, uh, doing what we want, and yes, going to the games. Now, did I go to games before tailgate? Oh, absolutely. I've been going to get football and baseball games since I was seven years old. Um, living mm-hmm. in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the, the Rangers had moved here yeah. uh, from Washington, D.C. back in 72, so I went to the, you know games the first season that uh, that they were here, and of course, you know the Cowboys have been here. Uh, well, they've been a team longer than I've been alive, so um, yeah, love Loved it, passionate about it, and who uh, thought that from what we were doing already of hanging out in the parking lot and drilling and having fun that we could actually make a living from it. <laughs> <laughs> and that that is always great when you can, um, <laughs> I guess, make a little cash off of the things that you love to do. So that's, that's always great. So how many events do you attend uh, in I guess a year or even a season, do you, do you are you is this a weekly thing? Do you do multiple games in a weekend? How does that work? Well, it's it's so again you know living here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, I've, I've got you know the Texas Rangers here are all season. Right. Uh, of course, the Cowboys are here. Um, there are three colleges, big colleges, SMU, TCU, and North Texas, all within 30 minutes of where, where I live. And then there's the big NASCAR uh, racetrack uh, over in Fort Worth, which also has an IndyCar race. So there's opportunity. You could and, – and the Dallas Mavericks and, of course, the Dallas Stars are here too. Um, so mm-hmm. you could tailgate literally probably every single weekend if you were so inclined. Now, I – not going to say I go to 50 tailgates a year, but I probably go to um, uh, somewhere between 15 and 20 Texas Ranger baseball games. And then I had season tickets for the Cowboys for years, but when they built the new stadium and wanted $15,000 a seat for the seat license, um, and we and we had season tickets, you know, my kids are still at home then, and so it was going to cost you know $60,000 just for the right to buy the tickets for the next 30 years, and the tickets were uh, 3,300 apiece, okay, times four, so you're talking you know another 13,000 a year for the tickets. Uh, my wife said, please tell me you're not thinking about doing this. I'm like, no, no, we'll we'll just go the three or four games a year that we really want to go to, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. so 
that we go, you know, three or four Cowboy games, and then, like I said, I, you know, I, my alma mater is Texas A&M, which is about a three-hour drive from Dallas, so I try to make at least a game or two down there each year. Although, I candidly say, uh, they've been very disappointing these last couple of seasons. I can't believe we're paying our coach $80 million, and he has a losing record, but uh, that's mm. another story. So, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. So it's interesting to me, you know, because I, you know, basically think of tailgating in football, and you mentioned baseball, and I'm like, wow. And then I'm just thinking, uh, soccer. <laughs> well, are they doing it with my, soccer? Uh, I've I neglected of all the professional teams that are here. I neglected to mention the FC Dallas, the, the major league soccer uh, franchise that's here, and they have a very good tailgating environment. Now, again, you know, their, their stadium I think capacity is about twenty thousand, so it's not going to be the hundred thousand mm-hmm. that Cowboy Stadium holds or the forty plus thousand that the you know Texas Rangers Stadium holds. But I've been to a handful of games, which I, I can't I can candidly say I was not a soccer soccer fan growing up, but once my daughter started playing and then she wound up playing in college, I've been to more mm-hmm. than my share of, uh, of soccer games over there. And so the long answer to your short question is yes, so tailgating at soccer for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So tell me, um, I, let's, I guess let's go back to what everybody knows in terms of football. What would you say is the, the average cost that you're going to put out for a, a decent tailgate you know, not necessarily the the one for the Super Bowl, not necessarily the over the top one. Uh, you know, it, it, <laughs> let's say you're you're rooting for a team that unfortunately has a losing season. What are you inclined to maybe put out for a decent tailgate experience? Well, it, it's a good question, and, and the short answer to it gee, is that y- you can tailgate on any budget that you want to, and, and of course, depending on the size and scope of how many people out there, you know, if, it, if it's just you and a, and a couple of buddies, you can get by, you know, you can get a small portable grill for, you know, $40, $50, uh, you know, one that will, you know, suffice your purposes, and, you, you know, you, you don't have to spend $500 and get a Yeti cooler. I, I still, it's like, Yeti, the only company in the world to realize that people are stupid enough to pay $500 for a cooler. I have to give them credit for that, but uh, wow. you know you can get an affordable cooler, affordable grill. Um, your biggest costs are going to be the tickets to the game and, and parking for the game. That's going to be your biggest expense. But as far as you know, the food items itself, you know, with those items I mentioned, and if you you know go on the cheap and just do hot dogs or hamburgers, you know, you're, you're looking on a very you know very low budget. Now on the other expense, you know, you can have say 15, 20, 30 people at your tailgate. You've got a you know a, a television set up there. You've got booths up there. You're serving like a, you know a full stocked bar with beer, um, and you're cooking say steaks for everybody. Then you're going to spend hundreds of dollars per game doing it. But that's the neat thing about G is that you know there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just whatever whatever makes you happy and you're having fun doing it. That's that's the thing. Now there are some keys to successfully doing a tailgate, and and I tell people this all the time. Do as much of the work you can at, at home before you go to the game. So let's say, mm-hmm. for instance, you're, you're going to cook hamburgers there, okay? You know, don't wait till you get to the parking lot to f- make the patties, okay? Make the patties mm-hmm. at home and then put them in a container so you can get it stored there. You know, you're going to have lettuce, onions, tomatoes. Don't wait till you get to the parking lot to slice and chop all that stuff up. Do that at home and then bag it so you're ready to go. And then, you know, 
keep your cooler, uh, you know, your cold stuff cold. Um, you know, if it needs to be cold, make sure it's step cold. And then obviously hot food's hot because like in the summertime here in Texas, you know, you go to a game at Cowboys Stadium in September, it's still, it's still going to be 100 degrees. And so, you know, last thing you want to do is have, you know, potato salad sitting outside in the heat for two-plus hours. Make sure that's right. cold. Likewise, yeah. when you, you know, if you're, you are cooking steaks or whatever, if you're going to hang around to eat them later, you know, put them in some type of uh, of contraption that's going to keep them warm, whether it be a, a cooler with a, you know, a chafing system or something like that. But, you know, you've got to keep, you know, hot stuff, hot stuff, hot, cold stuff, cold. Be organized. Get as much prep work done before you can. And then one of the things that people, you know, people are like, okay, Craig, what is the one thing that people often forget um, or don't have enough of? And, and, and actually it's two things. Um, you can never have enough ice. I don't care if you've got 10 bags, you're going to need more. Um, and trash bags. Those are the uh-huh. two things that, like, oh, I didn't bring enough ice. Yeah, I told you. And trash bags. It's like, you know, your mom doesn't live here. She's not cleaning up after you. You have to be responsible for cleaning up after yourself. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, that's the number one thing I get. And, and so to that end, as part of the organization that I mentioned with, with the food prep and stuff, I have what I call my little, just it's my go box. And in there I have my tongs, my spatulas, paper towels, napkins, paper plates, disposable cups, sauces, spices, seasoning, you know, everything. Thing I'm going to need so that when you know when it's game day, I don't have to go there and pack all that stuff up. I just pick it up, you know, out of my my shed and uh, put it mm-hmm. in the, put it in the truck, and we're and we're good to go. So, so you are very seasoned with this. I, I, yeah, I, well, I, I, tell. I, I tell people I've been to more than one game. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what what is when you have uh, I guess a tailgate party or tailgate experience? Uh, what's a good number? When does it get a little bit out of control, or, or, or and then what? What? What's kind of the fun number? Well, it, you know, it's who am I to judge on that, right? I, I try to okay. keep mine to, to to ten or less, just because um, it, I, I can serve ten fairly easily myself. If you get up to a bigger party size than that, then then you need a, a partner or a buddy to help you know, pitch in and do some of the stuff with you uh, because you just won't be able to carry everything that you need for, you know, once you get much to a larger size like that. But uh, I think one of the the key things that, you know, I've seen from various parking lots over the years is that uh, be sure that you keep your your guests hydrated. People will bring beer mm-hmm. and they'll bring other, you know, alcoholic drinks, but uh, oftentimes they'll forget to bring water. You definitely need to bring water because, uh, again, like I said, if you're sitting out here uh, going to a Cowboy game or, or, or University of Texas or A&M, any place in Texas or in the south here in September, it's it's going to be hot. And if your buddy's sitting over there, you know, pounding the drinks and like, okay, buddy, slow down. <laughs> you know, the game hasn't even started yet. Here, have some water. Uh, just keeping them hydrated for that is uh, is very important. Mm, good to know. Yeah, I had a, a, a dietitian that was on last week, and that was one of the things that that she mentioned is like, you know, maybe have some water in between all of those those drinks. And yeah, so, good to know. So anyway, um, so we talked we talked about what 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 have I missed here? Because like I said, I guess my experience is more with the exception of the Super Bowl party that I that my cousin has every now and then I go to my my home gating experience is me and my husband here sitting here watching the game. So, um what am I missing? What makes a good tailgate experience? 
Well, it's it's again, it's it's all about everyone having fun. Try to tell people, you know, you, you can do all the work yourself, and trust me, I've done it plenty of times over, over the years. But it's always nice if you have people that that pitch in, and like let's just say, for instance, okay, I'll I'll bring we're going to have hamburger. I'll bring the hamburgers, but you know. Tom, you need to bring the buns. Um, Jeff, you need to bring uh, ice. Um, you know, Joey, you need to bring you know the the, the drinks, and just kind of give people uh, that they way that way they feel that they're part of the party. They're contributing something to the party because you want everyone to be involved and, and you want everyone to have a good time. But uh, you know, I, I I tell people there's really you know there's no right or wrong way to tailgate. It's just I tell people just you know be respectful of the people around you. You know, you know, if you're mm-hmm. sitting there, you know, have the music cranked up, and you know, there's a family right beside you. You know, hey, maybe turn your stereo down just a little bit so you're let the other people have uh, have have their fun without having to. <laughs> you know, they're not part of your party, but yet they they hear it. Uh, be respectful of the others. Be respectful of the place. Um, be respectful of your of the fans that are around you, whether they're on your team or, or not. And uh, at, at the end of the day, there's just uh, you know, this is supposed to be a fun event. Um, don't stress yourself out over it um, because if you're not having fun and it's stressful, it's like, why are you even doing it? So it's supposed to be a time to, you know, just to, to relax, enjoy your time with friends and family. Yeah, you could talk a little trash to the, the opponents there, but, you know, be, be respectful for it. Don't, uh, <laughs> don't get too in their face about it. But uh, um, I, I think, it, you know, you, you want to be there um, just plenty of time. Um, Here's a key that people often don't think about: um, restroom. If you're out there eating and drinking for three or four hours for the game, you need to find a be sure you're close to a restroom. Most of the parking lots I've been in, you know, they have you know the the portable you know the porta potties as, as they're typically called. Uh, if you can get there uh, early enough to get a spot close to but not too close to um so arrive early and uh, pick out your space um because that's uh, important and especially if it's hot you know if, if you can find a shaded area do that likewise if it's cool you know you might want to get you know something may have some shelter like some trees or you know a wall or embankment or something along those lines and then again with whether whatever the weather is there's products out there now that you know if it's cold they have these evaporative coolers or misters that are portable enough that you can set up for tailgating it you know, as long as you have power to supply that. And then, uh, likewise, if it's cold, you know, they have these portable heaters that you can bring out there. So uh, you, you, you can make the scene whatever you want it to be, and it's just, you know, how much money you want to put into it. And like I said, you can get by with probably, you know, less than $100 if you're just doing it, you know, basic grill, basic cooler, and hot dogs. Or you can spend thousands if you have a big party and you're cooking steaks and, you know, having open bar. Um, but it's, it's all whatever fits your budget. So when you say early, how early is early, and then um, depending on the crowd, how late is late in terms of getting out of, of the, yeah, the game? Yeah, good question. So, so, so I always, no, no matter what the event is, um, I try to be there when the parking lot's open. And I've been to, you know, I'll, I'll use again the Dallas Cowboys games because um, that's the ones I've been to the most professionally. Um, mm-hmm. The parking lot's typically four hours before uh, before kickoff. So if it's a noon game, the parking lot's open at, uh, you know, at 8 in the morning. And if it's a 3 o'clock game, then they open at, you know, at 11 uh, that morning. And so try to be the first one there. That way you can secure the best spot um, 
to you know set your space out, set your stuff up. Again, like I said, close to the restrooms, close to shelter, shade if it's uh, if the, the weather uh, you know demands that. And uh, then for after the game, um, I typically would say you know I. Why sit in traffic for an hour waiting to get out of the parking lot, which it can take? Just sit back after the game. Uh, if you've got a TV or a radio, you know, turn it back on. You can catch the post-game stuff, and then just let traffic die down. And I'd much rather just sit there in the parking lot and let traffic die down than just sit in the car for an hour trying to uh, to get home. Gee, I guess if it's an early game, you either have to have a, a preacher on site or go to Sunrise Service or something before you get there. Well, I'm telling you, that's have, an all-day I thing. Have seen, I have seen parking lot preachers uh, at games for sure, absolutely. Really? And, uh, I've, I, yes, I, I have. Um, and I've seen you know, people have uh, like a mini, um, you know, not a full service. Uh, not a full church service, easy for me to say, but uh, mm-hmm. they do have you know prayer time for it. And uh, of course, at the end, they always you know pray that their team's going to win. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure God doesn't care that much about that. I think uh, you know he's more interested in, in you having a good time and being safe and respectful than uh, than your team. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it is it is an all day thing for sure. Wow! Wow! So, um, okay, um, I, goodness gracious, what, what, else, what else have I missed? What do people really need to know? Uh, because like I said, you know, we, we're just kind of getting started, but, um, you know, it's going to come down to pretty soon. I mean, we've got college and professional football, and then we're going to have the bowl games in, in a few months. So, um, yeah, what, it's, you know, I, I think, for, you know, for the most part, gee, we, we've, we've covered the, uh, you know, the, the basics of it. Um, I, I, again, I just tell people there's, you know, do, do as much work at home as you can beforehand. Make sure you have mm-hmm. plenty of water to drink. Keep your guests hydrated. Um, you know, be respectful of, of others around you and of the environment around you. And at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, have a good time. And, and if your team wins, then, of course, that makes it an even better time. But even if they lose, you got to keep in mind that the tailgate was just to, you know, to have fun with, with your friends and family. It's not the outcome mm-hmm. of the game. So don't, don't right. let the, uh, you know, don't let the outcome of the game ruin in your day just because uh, it might not have gone your team's way you're there because it's fun to do and in the day that that stops then you, you better stop going because there's other things you can do with your money that would be uh, probably more advantageous for you well, exactly exactly and i'm glad when you mentioned because uh, i was going to ask you about uh potluck or stuff like that but i'm glad you mentioned about you know handing out assignments make everybody part of the experience so yeah yeah, that's, yeah that's it just you know it, it you know it, it you know cuts some of the costs from you you know from you doing it off and, and and then you know people you know I don't some people may like to be freeloaders but I think for the most part people like to contribute to the cause and have a good time and and so yeah and it just you know it makes sure that you know they're they're part of the process they're part of the party and uh, you know they're you're not putting the bill uh, alone out of it and everyone's happy to do so absolutely. Craig Renfro from Tailgater Magazine, have a good season, and thanks for taking the time out. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you, G, and God bless you, and uh, hope we uh, maybe touch pays again down the uh, down the road. You never know. I hope so. God bless you okay. as well. Take care. Be blessed. Thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. Be safe. Bye. And tomorrow on G's Power Hour, it is Friday in the Garden, so make sure you join us, and if you have questions, make sure you have them ready. Thank you for listening. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, be blessed, stay hydrated.
And please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care.